Thunderbird, I don't know the digits, Charlotte, but uh, we can we can put her in the show notes. Actually, she she will be in the show notes now because she did she's got the the song. So uh, her and her work will be listed in the show notes. Wow, that is so dope, man! What's up, man? Welcome back to Calling All Beings. I'm your host DJ, along with my co-host, the man who may experience a nickname change. We'll get to that later. Money, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> What is happening? I just got oh, here. No. I'm getting a new nickname. Wait Jeez. till Chris gets here. Wait till Chris gets in here. What's up, Nathan? How's it going? How are you? Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm so you know I'm doing so much better now. I feel so much better now that you guys are here because I was a little exhausted being in the ocean today. But you know when you see Kevin, how can you really be exhausted? Hi, Flares, Kevin. How's our humorist? I'm good. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Good. It's so good to see you. It's good uh, to see me too. I know. I'm sure you like you look in the mirror and go, "Wow, damn it, I look good today." Uh, same thing that Deb probably says. Uh, our our UAP uh, researcher extraordinaire. She has. She really has no equal, to be honest with you. Uh, to, in trying to praise her the other day, probably took like five minutes on Twitter Spaces the other day. Hi, Deb. I'm glad you guys can't see me be red right now. Oh, you're, you know what? You're lovely, and you're just such a force multiplier. Uh, somebody who looks almost as good as I do. <laughs> Whoa. Just kidding. Uh, somebody is uh, our newest member of <laughs> of Cab who is wearing floral, and I, I met the requirement. Lou Elizondo can listen to directions. I can listen to directions. Apparently, the... Re- I... Kevin can listen There's to There's color. Ra- He's wearing <laughs> color. Yes. And Nathan's like, no, I'm going to be Steve Jobs. Yeah. So anyway, I can only do one mode. Yeah. The yeah. UAP experiencer, I'll send him a, a, a shirt and then he'll wear it. I'm sure. I'll send him a, a Hawaiian. The UAP experiencer, Steph, how are you, ma'am? So wonderful to see you guys and be among all of us together. And not only that, but welcoming Chris. I just saw Chris two weeks ago at the UFO Disclosure Symposium. So it's been you know, a minute, but I'm looking forward to seeing Chris and what he has to say. And, you know, you all look beautiful. And Deb, your avatar is on point today. Thank on point. You. Thank you. You are welcome, my dear. Played it by hair. It looks lovely. And and who did the highlights? Any, anyway, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, all right. We gonna bring in the man of the hour. He's been doing big things with the UAP Society. They don't flew this man from Portugal. Over to Utah just to speak. People won't even let, they won't even bring me from the back of the house to the front of the house (laughs) to speak. I'm going to tell you what, we are so happy to bring in my U.S. Air Force brother. Put your hands together for the Viper Pilot F-16, Mr. Chris Lato! There's Nathan. Man. Man, your hair looks good, man. Your hair looks good, Chris. Did you did is that what you were doing? 
Did you say, oh, I'm going to go tuck in the kids, but you like did some of this? Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> I, yes, I can tell. Yes. Yeah. Chris, my brother, there is a lot riding on this show today. Are you aware of that? No. You're not? No. Okay. Um, for some time now, we have, you know, I, I gave this, this moniker to Nathan and people seem to like it where we call him money Nathan. And the reason that I gave him that is because when he opens his lips to speak, what comes out is like money. It's like money in the bank. I don't care who you're interviewing. I don't care who you're talking to. I don't care if he's trying to counsel somebody. It's money. If it's a meeting we're doing. (laughs) No, like when I say not the kind of counseling you got when you screwed up in flight. I mean, like someone that's asking for help. And, and, and wants, you know, wants somebody to speak with. But we may, depending on what you present today, we may change his name back to NFT Nathan. So there's a lot riding on this. It was NFT Nathan. It, it, well, we, yeah. we've toyed around <laughs> with it. I mean, but Nate, he'll decide today. Oh. Is he going to be heretofore known you as so much tape for that. NFT Nathan. So, there you go. All right. It's so, you're a scam. Your name's a scam. I'm actually an AI. Already, so. Welcome back, Mr. Leto. Uh, we Thanks, want to man. talk about UAP Society because I'm so proud of you as an Air Force brother. And I, I expressed this to you on the phone. So this is nothing that you haven't heard before. But the audience and, and Nathan's heard it. And maybe even the cabbies have heard me say this as well. But um, to go from, hey, I'm going to go and retire in Portugal and surf and raise my kids here for a more relaxed lifestyle and them telling you to make a YouTube channel. And now you have an organization to study UAPs. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was the plan. (laughs) (laughs) All a part of your master plan. That was the master plan. and, And so, you know, can you explain to people you know, sort of where you're at now. Um, explain like how you're organized, who are the players in UAP society and what are their roles? I know about Alexia. I wish we would have drug him out here today. Cause I like to talk to that cat. Great hair also, but can you explain send him a link? He may, he may be available. You could, uh, uh, I don't chatting. think he's following me. Uh, okay. You, you can send him a link because oh. I'm not connected with him on anything. I don't. Yeah. Well, but, either way we can get him uh, next time. The works. Yes. Um, go ahead. Sir. But yeah, basically, you mentioned uh, Alexei. So there's. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we just start with the main the, the company essentially Please. that inadvertently yes. formed. You know, I didn't want employees and I didn't want a boss. You know. Um, yeah, because it was so awesome not having any employees and not having a boss <laughs> at the same time. You know, uh, because you know if you have employees, what you find is you work for them ultimately. You ask, you know, who are you working for? It's like, well all those people, <laughs> you know, um, but for us, it'd be, so me and my, um, basically my roommate from the Academy, uh, he's, he's still a government employee. So he, he doesn't, uh, highlight who he is, but, uh, he's basically runs all the finances. He's our CFO. Uh, and then the artist is Colin Stone. He's C Stone basically lives. My friend moved out here from, from San Francisco. He has a design company. He's had it for 35 years or something. Very successful designer. Um, and so he's, it turns out he's an amazing digital artist uh, and he's, so he's made all these AI creations. We actually, he made two other collections. Like I hired, I, well, he, he volunteered to help and I got him to, or asked him to create another collection. It's actually our second collection that nobody's seen. 
Um, but we have that on the back burner. Um, cause right now he went on his own and made these AI. So artificial intelligence, basically he made 10,042 of these things. He made many more actually, he probably made 20 to 30,000. And then we just, uh, he trimmed them down essentially and added all these different metadata, uh, these tags and et cetera. So basically that's, that's the art. So those are the main three founders, me, my buddy, Jim and, um, Colin stone. And then we have Alex. He is from Space Tokens. So he's actually the coder. He was a patron of mine initially. So he was a patron, signed up to the Later Files channel. And I've been talking about, you know, I talked to my patrons. Hey, uh, this is what's going on. I'm working on these NFT projects. And a few guys, he was one of them, said, hey, you know, I'm, I have my own company. I'm working on as well. And so he volunteered, sort of, right? He said, I can help. Uh, and then I just, but I had to kind of convince him, you know, to be like, all right, everybody, this is the time. Hey, Chris, somebody in the chat, someone named Horse Lover Fat is asking, who's his name? AI designer dude from San Francisco. Is that someone connected with you? Yeah, Colin Stone. That okay. is his. Okay. Yep, he's the artist. Okay, there you go. He's, no, we, I mean, we keep it kind of, you want to keep it mysterious somewhat, you know, to be the, who the artist is. Right. So his, his call sign is Seastone. But I know right now we're trying to get open communication out. So Colin Stone, he's a founder along with me. Uh, yeah. And then Alex is our coder from Space Tokens. Okay. So that's the four main main players. And then we have our uh, additional. So, you know, we have additional designers and artists that work with Colin, that work for him or through him or through us. We have uh, Sarah. Okay. I'm sure you've seen Sarah on mm -hmm. the Discord, SC Let It Shine. So she's my Portuguese, Portuguese, uh, she was virtual assistant, but she's a community operations manager. So she lives here in Portugal, actually further north. She doesn't live down south. Um, so it's great to have her on basically the same time zone as me. And, and also I want to employ local people, you know, if I have to have, sure, <laughs> if I have to have employees, then, uh, we'll do uh, local as much as possible. Um, and now, you know, all the ambassadors, so two are here. Right. We have uh, Nathan DJ. We have um, Alexei is another ambassador, artisan Tony. Yeah. Uh, Carl, yeah. Carl Vibe. Yeah. Carl he's a man. I'm so glad I met him at uh, Disclosure Symposium. Steph, you're there. He, he's awesome, man. Carl he's amazing. So awesome. Solid dude. Love that guy. Yeah. Interviewing that guy was like, uh, it's hard to describe, but when you, when you start, I mean, you know, you're a content creator. He's just, I, I can't, he's just yeah, one of those guys. Several levels ahead of me. But. Yeah. But uh, let me pass it over to Nathan so I don't hog up all the air in this joint um, yeah. money. Or yeah. NFT. Hey, Chris. So uh, very excited to have you back with us and mm -hmm. excited in what you guys are doing uh, with UAP Society. If we were to kind of distill the concept down to the basics, you know, how would you explain what it is that you're trying to do? and why you chose going a crypto route to do it. I think that's kind of a, a big question that people have is, and a crypto is so new to most folks. So why uh, kind of form the organization and why use crypto as a way to, to kind of organize everybody and, and fund it? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the million dollar question. Um, so basically it's, it's because we can't get the information, right? So there's basically an argument is if you really have let's say extraterrestrial life here, right? Let's just say, for instance, that, it, that it's here and we don't know about it, 
<laughs> like something's messed up is going on, right? I mean, something yep. seriously screwed up is going on. So it, it just, for me, it means I can't trust, or, or it would imply that we can't trust the centralized repositories of information that are coming out. So either they don't have the information and they can't tell us, right? Or more likely they have a lot of information and they're not willing or able um, to share it. You know, all either the, way we haven't gotten through. <laughs> Whatever it is, the end result is, you know, after 80 years, we still have the same level of evidence. You know, we have, we, st we had radar returns of them going hyper, you know, hypersonic radar returns. We had people saying they saw these things. We had pictures, you know, we had, so, and now we have essentially the same data, you know, really, we don't have much more. There hasn't been any much more release. I guess biological effects, you know, we didn't really have that like effects on humans. So there is some additional stuff. But that's the basic argument is that you have to go avoiding the centralized repositories of information, essentially. Um, so that's why we need decentralized is really to, to get around those information embargoes. Well, why are, well, for whatever reason they're there, if, if it's there just because they, the stigma, you know, they just can't believe it's true. So they don't actually investigate it. Or if it's there because they know, or parts of the government know that it's true but they don't want to share it because it, it would give away some advantage that they have, right? If you have, if you have alien technology, or you have information that aliens exist. Now you're going to have a worldwide program, right? Probably a secret worldwide program where you're out there looking for this stuff. That's what I would be doing. Right. If I was planning to try and give myself an advantage. And then if you can also say that uh, if it's just a fact of life, then you can justify it to yourself for not sharing it. You know, if, if this is the truth, right, if the world really is round, why do I go, why do I need to go and tell China necessarily that the world is round and now they can just sail their ship over to my, to my country, you know, mm -hmm. why not tell them why give that information? Why not let them believe that, oh, the, you know, it ends in, in waterfalls and dragons, <laughs> right? right? Maybe we don't want them coming over here. So why would, so you're not... <laughs> You're not necessarily lying, right? I mean, although you are. But um, I, I think what he's asking is, what is this what made you say, I need to do this? Because there was obviously something mm. you said, I need to do this research. So what was that? How is, is it just that? that the lack of it's access. It's basically a frustration. Yeah. Yeah. frustration. Go ahead, Nathan. I think that's what you're about to say. It's, it's the lack of access to, to yeah. quality information. So we're going around the, the official source of it because they seem to be unwilling to share uh, or as you said incapable so we're going to try to get, get some of that information ourselves by forming an organization devoted to conducting certain experiments to obtain it so then it's a matter of well how is the organization structured so you could do it a traditional way you could you know put a bunch of people to get together like you said earlier you didn't want bosses or employees but you could have done it that way uh, had more of a traditional organizational structure instead you decided to go through the crypto route, which is yep. by its very nature, and I don't ever think everybody necessarily understands this, but by its very nature, it is decentralized in the way that yep. it is structured. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head because there's there's no person or governmental entity or anyone that verifies any transactions on like the Ethereum blockchain. You know, so. So Nathan, if, if you go to mint one of our, like you want to, you want to support whatever, you know, what we're doing, UAP, what UAP society is doing, you want to,
put in funds, all right? You, you can support by just coming to the Discord, okay? You don't, you don't have to invest. Right. Let's say you want to invest. Then you can come to our minting website, right? And mint some NFTs. So you can give that money to our organization, essentially, mm -hmm. right? And that can happen from anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, out in the middle of Africa, okay? Someone can go to our website, that same place, and trade that NFT for Ethereum. And no one approves it. No government. There's no bank. There's no, uh, there's no organization between you minting that NFT and us. So, but what you're paying for those transaction costs is you're paying the computers to, to verify it. That's what you're paying for. So we're, we're not wasting energy, right? We're not, blockchains aren't wasting energy uh, or, you know, they're going to pollute the world or something. If, if they're using renewable energy, then they're just using energy, right? And the value that they do is we don't need all those bullshit organizations anymore, right? We needed them in the past because you didn't have trust, right? I needed a bank to say that, yeah, I'm going to give this check and send it over. You know, yeah, man, Alexei, what's up? How's it going? Welcome yeah. yeah good to that. see that you. Awesome. <laughs> I oh, thought you were wow. driving home. He was on the Twitter space. So I was like, man, I'm pretty Putting in the overtime today. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, and if I yeah, can verify, so there's nobody. Can... We don't need anyone else. We don't need anyone else. Like you can, you can give to us. We don't even need a, a website, right? If that makes sense. So it's totally decentralized. No one approves it. No one approves it. Right. So, and that's kind of, I think maybe psychological let's talk about the psychology of it all right so because i think you're hitting on that a little, little bit too so we live in a time where our our traditional institutions that have been centralized for so long and have had have have kind of placed the seal of authority on things like finance things like news th things like governance you know all of the, those sort of traditional institutions we have seen over the last really couple of de decades but most notably the last few years an erosion in the trust of those institutions being able to kind of carry out the functions that they've traditionally carried out. And so crypto has has is a technology, right, that allows yeah. for uh, doing those same kinds of traditional activities, but doing them in a in a less centralized, you know, sort of just place our tr your, your trust in this insert organization X and instead place it in a and the, like the decentralization it is, in fact, its strength, right? That, that it's yes. distributed across lots of different people. No one person has the controlling authority over whatever yeah. the mission is. Is that is that a good way to sum that up? Yeah, I think that's 100% correct. Um, and the big thing is, I think people, a lot of people assume that it's complicated. And that's actually not the case. Um, it's, it's actually quite simple. And it, and it has to be. You know, the coding contracts are, are very simple, actually, because you're processing it on thousands and tens of thousands. I don't know how many thousands of computers, the same, you're, you're processing the same transaction at the same time, right? And this means that it doesn't matter if the NSA wants to, doesn't like what, what I'm doing. They can't stop this, right? Until they come up with a, a technological breakthrough. So it's like the first time in history where the average person has better cryptographic um, defense than a government, or at least it's equivalent. Okay, maybe they have some super secret quantum computer tunneling, et cetera. But the problem is it's open source, right? So look at all these hacks that have happened, right? How did uh, the NSA listen to everything? You know, how did they record everything? A lot of it is they go through zero, what is it? It's called the zero day hacks, 
right? <laughs> into Apple iOS devices, et cetera. So you don't you, you don't see all that stuff, right? We don't have we don't have access to the coding of the Apple iOS. All right. I mean you get you can develop programs for it, but you're not getting access to the source code of the iPhone, right? Um, but here it's all laid bare. Right, it's all laid bare, and it, and it has to be simple because it's processed on so many different computers. So, uh, the, it's a simple process. It's a simple process, but it, because it's decentralized, right? Because it's open source, everything is visible. So people can't just come in and mess with it. They can't. Just, they can't mess with it. You know. Uh, well, if they can, we can see it. Right. Um, so that provides a huge benefit, right? So what what does that equate directly to? Is transparency. Transparency and lack of corruption, because now it's visible. Right? The problem with corruption is you don't see what's going. On. I mean, maybe you go to certain countries uh, like Russia, where it's everywhere is corrupt. Right? <laughs> now I've heard that as well. Like all business in, in Russia is done through basic. I mean, I live overseas, you know, I know how it works. Um, but everything is all of it is corrupt. Basically, that's how you do business there. You know, it's right. just how it is. Um, but the problem is transparency now it, it'll push the corruption outward so all you have to come you don't have to confirm in the you don't have to verify the process um but you do have to verify where you're sending the, the funds you know you have to verify it's the correct nft and, and all that stuff but you, you hit it right it's it's an avenue crypto is an avenue people keep thinking it's the final thing and they're like i'm i'm buying just a, a cartoon and i'm like you're not buying a cartoon man it's like uh it's like if someone was buying a, a website you know, hey, I'm buying I'm buying this website, UAPsociety.com. And someone comes along and is like, well, I can just write UAPsociety.com on the wall, you know? <laughs> or I can just take a picture of UAPsociety.com and put it on my wall. And I'm like, dude, you don't... I don't even know how to talk to you. Like, because This is a difficult you know? topic. This is not... <laughs> yeah. that, that's why we're doing this. I mean, yep. that's yeah. one of the reasons we, you know, we decide is... is this is not easy, and and I would kind of like to pose the same question to your colleague Alexei. If you want to pop him up there, Nathan. Yeah, yeah welcome, Alexei. How's it going? Hey, brother. I would be remiss if I didn't say how great your hair is, um, <laughs> and you know I've been dying to say that since I saw that epic episode with yourself, Artisan Tony, Chris, and Lou Elizondo. That was just phenomenal. If I could just pardon the pun uh but you know what kevin uh let's let's get your question for alexei please all right well actually i had a general statement first i wanted to tell your your team i i'm, I'm really i really think what you guys are doing is really awesome so i'm reminded of a quote by mckenna all right it says um our need to feel part of the world seems to demand that we express ourselves through creative activity so i want to give you guys props for rising above those previously laid down models of thinking and taking responsibility towards understanding the phenomenon. I think it's great you're taking your own responsibility rather than, you know, walking on somewhat something somebody else did. It's great. So um, I'm also looking forward to learning um, how to get out of our digital signatures on UFOs. So once I get a, I capture my own UFO, can I trade it <laughs> on the market with other people who own you know, and captured their UFOs as well. That's a good question. You mean captured? Or what do you mean by captured? You take a picture? Like, of it? yeah, yeah. You know, if I mint, can I mint my own uh, UAP? <laughs> mint your own UAP. I don't understand. No. Okay, no, actually, and, and more seriously, I have a serious question. Um, as an artist, 
say we can't not not everybody can um help the UAP society monetarily. Is there a way that we can contribute maybe artistically? Because I'm always throwing content out there. Is there something um That's yeah artists. we can do? I think the best would be um if you have you seen our collection? Yeah, yeah, I have. If you just you have the artistic eye, man, what is the the ones that you like? You know, just share a few that you like on your Twitter or just highlighting it. Okay. Um, why get, or why get, the art is cool to you, you know? Okay. Cool. Yeah, that I can definitely do that. Yeah, because I I think there's a huge untapped there's just a lot of value in the actual art part of it. Hmm. I really dig it. If, if you look, once you start, really what you got to do, Kevin, is just go into um, OpenSea and start looking at the traits. You look under the properties. Okay. And because the collection, the whole thing is is an art piece. It's it's not just each one. Uh, you know, it, it each one's not alone. You know, each mm -hmm. NFT is actually in, it, it's in the whole thing. And, and the metadata actually is, very thought out over months of time, you know, the actual titles, uh, the traits. Mm -hmm. So click, click through the traits. It's super fun because the blockchain, you can get all the information you need everywhere, right? You mentioned kind okay. of Nathan is people aren't used to it. The difference in the, the Web3 is that there's actually trust in, in what you're looking at, meaning right now, everything we're aware of in the digital, we're used to in our world or digital world, it's all copy. You can copy paste anything, right? So really, there's, right, there's right. like an overabundance of of content. It, it can be fake. It could be real. We have no real idea. Um, but what what the technology brings? What you, it, it brings an avenue, a trusted avenue, a verifiable avenue. It's like a super strong little green check mark uh, mm -hmm. on all your things being being real. Um, so yeah. And one of the things that I, I'm sorry, Kev. No, I'm good. Okay, I wanted to find out if if you can pop Alexia what uh, what his on ramp was to use uh, a Nathanism uh, into joining forces with Chris in this venture. What is it that spoke to you that said I want to shift the paradigm of how we study this? Oh, Alexia's on mute. So can we unmute him? We can't. <laughs> So, there he is. You know, I've been uh, personally looking into my entire life since I was about five years old. Um, and you could say I, I've been doing the movement personally by myself since I graduated college 2012, as in educating the public on um, the greater reality that we live within, trying to talk about time, different flows of space and things like that. And um, it really wasn't going anywhere, you could say, until Lou Elizondo started coming out on the, the limelight and, you know, saying, hey, these are real things. And all of a sudden now, Harvard's looking into it. And uh, Chris is out there making videos, you know, once a skeptic, but now, a, you know, former F-16 pilot really looking out there trying to trying to find the truth. And from my understanding, you know, I've been looking into it for a long time and there's people that have invented technologies and they've even presented it to the governments and then the governments just don't say anything about it. For example, John Searle and his technology. Um, so as far as getting the truth out there and getting humanity back into space, it comes down to we need to do the research ourselves, and we need to find the truth ourselves. Um, the governments are never going to give up the information that they have on UAP. It's just the way it is. It's, it's the nature of the beast. In my, it's uh, so beautiful. All the people that have come together over this topic, like yourself and Chris, 
You know, we, we talk about all the time, all our friends from the UK, we'd never, well, first of all, the people on this panel never would have met and we would never have met our, our friends from the UK and you wouldn't have met Chris. It's amazing how we've connected with people from all walks of life and different countries over this. It's really in, incredible. It's like Woodstock. It's really something else. Uh, Steph, I believe, had a question. I don't know if it was for you or for Chris, but Steph, please go ahead, ma'am. I'll pose the question to Chris and Alexi, actually. So I, like Kevin, I'm also um, a creative. So I'm super excited about the art. And for a lot of people that don't know, this is AI-generated art. So it's a family of algorithms used to apply the style of one or more images to input an image. And that just gets me so excited. Um, I know that there's a cap on your limit as far as purchasing 10. Do you foresee in the future that you might extend that or is it only at 10 for now? Uh, actually, yeah, it was 10 for the uh, the whitelist mint. Okay. But we raised it to 42 per transaction actually for the, the, the public mint tomorrow. Fantastic. That is exciting yeah. news. So that's tomorrow then. Beautiful. Yep. And we've actually, yeah, we've actually removed the limits because what we had is people were having issues with the whitelist um, oh. because the way the contract technically was working. Anyway, so we just removed it to make it easy. So basically anyone can mint at this point. We're just not advertising it yet. Cool. And that 42, the the answer to the universe. So I, I dig it. <laughs> there's, another, yeah, there's another reason too is the, uh, it goes over $10,000 you go try to do okay. 40 more than that and that okay. uh, has some other issue but yes oh, good to know yeah tax purposes and all that fun stuff too because you yeah. can probably write you can write it off and all that so all right cool and thank you you know if you guys have seen the story of perseus and andromeda uh we're at the point now with deb where i say we'll release the kraken which is also <laughs> known as deb oh, you guys well, why deb. thank you i wanted <laughs> i wanted to um talk about this in terms of why you're doing it and i think it's really important for people to recognize it's not just you know a money issue or whatever there's an end game so i wanted to kind of pull it back to what you did recently where you had two balloons go up with equipment and i wanted to ask if there was any data that you can give us about that oh alexi you're still muted that's an interesting uh, question. We had two devices on um, the balloon in Vernal, Utah. One was a cell phone, right? That was doing a live stream. And the other was is a device called the MUPAS device, M-U-P-A-S, which was designed by Jim Segala, one of the original scientists from the Skinwalker Ranch show. And basically the second we launched, that equipment failed. Um, but what was really interesting was that Jim had one of his devices recording inside at the moment of launch, and it recorded spikes in uh, the EM, basically in microwave and also in the gamma wave frequencies. And that seems to be something that's correlated with uh, the UAP events um, are those spikes, and those changes in fields. So, I mean, we didn't get data from the actual flight itself, but we got that data right there, which was showing, you could say, an anomaly, right? I don't, I don't know any other way to describe it. And I mean, yeah. I, just to follow up, is that information going to be somewhere really clear and obvious when you start collecting that data? Yeah. Um, I believe right now that the test results from that first flight are already on the Discord. I believe Chris has them posted somewhere up there. 
Um, and we plan to make it, everything as open and as clean and obvious as possible. That way, any independent researcher or scientist can take a look at the data themselves and come to their own conclusions. Because it's just like having the world government tell you what to think. People shouldn't really be relying on us what to think. They should be relying on the data that we present and the data that's collected. Um, and they can make their own conclusions on reality. <laughs> you know? I love it. We're going to get into the technical aspects of what you guys hope to do and maybe, you know, some milestones that you're going to hit along the way. So let me pass it back to uh, NFT Nathan. I, I don't know what we're going to do with the nickname. That's going to be up to <laughs> It's okay. It's all good. Um, so, I, you know, I, I love the idea because I think it's really brave and, and radical to, to kind of jump into this technology and try something new. Um, I think for those that are, that are thinking about joining, you know, buying an NFT or whatever, obviously the normal disclaimers always apply. If you're investing in anything, you should kind of make sure that you're not putting in more than you're willing to lose. That's finance 101. But whether it would be doing it through this kind of structure or through a traditional organization, we in the community can agree like it's it's a worthwhile endeavor to do more citizen science, right? So it, it sounds like you guys have, have got the structure down. The art is amazing. I love the AI creations. I love the community activity and participation, the interest level. How do you go about deciding, uh, you know, what projects that you're going to tackle? Uh, and I'm asking this rhetorically because I kind of know the answer to this, but not many people may know the answer. So how do you go about picking the projects? How do you go about voting for them? How do you go about kind of making sure that you're, you're being good stewards of the money that you've received by, by the people who've invested in, the, in these NFTs? How does all of that really work? Yeah. Uh, so you on that? yeah. Why don't you take it first, Alexi, and then we can. Unless, yeah, go ahead. Unless... What, how do you think? Well, basically what we have set up right now is the discord uh, where it's a, just a community. Anyone can join. You don't even need to own an NFT. So anyone can join the Discord. And on the Discord, we have a section that is proposals. So basically, people can make proposals. Um, and then we have either vote up or vote down is the easiest way to put it. And we have a limited budget based on the capital we raise. And based off the limit, you know, the budget that we, we raise and the proposals and the voting up and voting down is the direction we will go. Um, I think that's pretty much straightforward in the simplest way, you know? Uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, I wish it. I could have well, said it. And I love it. I, I think yeah. it kind of demystifies a lot of the... See, for most people who have not done anything in the crypto space, what they're hearing is the popular things related to crypto right now, which are the environmental piece that's in the news. You guys know about that. You've already addressed that, Chris, to a certain degree. The, uh, you know, kind of the... Pump and dump is a big, you know, component of NFTs right now. Uh, you know that, that there's this big sort of potential for risk for people who are jumping into this space that they could, you know, put a lot of money into it and lose the money, and somebody else, you know, is running away with a big bag of cash, you know, and you can't can't trace them because it's crypto and it's you know totally <laughs> concealable. So I think for me the way that you've distilled it down to these basic concepts, it, it makes it a lot more approachable. And, and honestly, I think it, because of the way crypto works, it's actually very secure. It, it's, it's more transparent than most organizations are. Um, it's not that one person can just, you know, hit, hit the print button and grab all the money and go. Right. And it doesn't work, work that way. Yeah. I think you mentioned um, some key points there about risk. 
you know, it's really what do people think they're risking? <laughs> but like you mentioned before, it's lack of uh, lack of understanding. You know, the the, the way you're going to get scammed is is like is basically they're going to trick you into giving you giving your information to them. You know, it's more like all phishing scams if you can think of it. Um, that that's how that's how it generally can work because people don't understand yet what's the important stuff to protect. Right. You know, if I ask for your bank account number and your social, your social security number, I'm pretty sure you're not going to give it to me. Right. But if, if you go into a bank and they ask for your social security number, now you're going to tell them that probably. Right. To confirm who you are. So, you know, I think generally people know through living day to day over many, many years, um, you understand what, what information, you know, to keep and when you can give it away. Uh, but in the crypto world, it's so new. Right. So all of this stuff is totally new. And so people, there's a lack of understanding, right? A lack of knowledge, essentially, on, on what what they're risking. They don't know where the risk is. So they just assume there's just risk everywhere. You know, they 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 hear it in the in the news. So they just assume that uh, right away, as soon as they get involved, you know, they're gonna you know, basically get scammed or, or whatnot. And you know, I to to be honest, I have been scammed, you know. <laughs> so it happens. The other, but also to be honest, I put in three thousand dollars in twenty nineteen, and it went to half a million. So it depends on what you're scamming, right? And then it went back down to like a hundred, you know. So it's it's huge, these giant swings. Um, so, but you don't need to start big, but you do need to start. Uh, you need to get in there, and you have to get wet, or you're never going to learn. Like you can read about using an iPhone and and why it would change your life, right? But until you really started using it. You, everyone, I think thought it was kind of just BS. You know, why don't I just call? Or I didn't. I just couldn't afford it. That was the <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was over at Building Hall at the time. Uh, I'd like to get into a little bit of tech talk, if you don't mind, and and let Chris and Alexei take a take a shot at this one. So for a first milestone, um, let's talk about what in terms of what you're going to deploy in terms of research. And then you can even give me a second milestone. But let's start off with milestone one. What would that look like, that that equipment that we were going to deploy, you're going to deploy, rather? So I'd say the first milestone will be in September. It was originally going to be July, but I think uh, based on European schedules and everything, um, we go with September. So still third quarter uh, will be our next launch. And so that'll basically be Alexei will be running Point in Vernal. Uh, with uh, Reigns backing him up this time. He's really good at reading checklists and doing all that sort of stuff. So I think it'd be a great team. Uh, working with Jim and integrating their device, Jim's device, essentially, if we can, into some sort of balloon device to go over either at least Brian Frog Ranch. And if they want to participate as well, then Skimmarker Ranch. Well, let, let's talk about the device because I'm unfamiliar. Yep. I'm a tech guy. There's probably cool. some other nerds out there like me. So let, let's talk about what that device is and what it what it is able to, what kind of information it's able to gather. Yeah, he had it. He brought it to the Megacon Disclosure Symposium. And basically, it looks like it's basically a Raspberry Pi, from what I understand. Raspberry Pi with some other uh, detectors mounted onto it. Why not so, Blueberry? Because, like, I'm not a, a Raspberry fan. Can yeah. Can you speak to 
why I don't rest? know. Actually, I haven't really messed with the device too much. You know, I've just seen it, seen the data coming out of it. Alexei, I know you're getting, we've just yeah. talked about getting two of these, right? With funds received. So we let's talk about funds, you know? So we need funding to do this stuff. So wait, I want to talk tech and you want to talk. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the device. We're going to buy these two devices, right? At yeah. least uh, from Jim, because he's going to put them together, mm -hmm. send them to Alexei. And now he can start playing with them and seeing how he can integrate it into a aerial device. Because that's what we kind of learned is that, yeah, the, the power supply essentially cut. Mm -hmm. And if you watch the video, okay, it could be the spike, you know, and, but it also, when, when we launched it, there was a jerk, right? The wind was blowing pretty hard. If you watch the actual live video, it was blowing really hard. And there was a jerk at of the payload. So I don't know, maybe if that, there was enough G's in there to like knock the some something loose and that's what disconnected it. Um, so we want to do it again, and and that alone will be a test for is it going to work, uh, and then the device. So Alexei, what do you know about yeah. Jim's device? Tell me well, about. I know it goes five hundred megahertz to six gigahertz gamma microwave, but that's it. Basically, um, he you know originally designed it for Skinwalker Ranch and um, the TV show, and so it measures fluctuate it measures background radiation and microwave all the way to gamma. Um, and it it, ha it just basically measures like the standing background normal fluctuations, right? And so what's not typical is seeing spikes in microwave or seeing spikes in any of them really. And so what he's been measuring are the spikes that he finds associated with the UAP events. And what he's also done with that technology is given it to a handful of experiencers. So these people will take them home with them and then they'll, they'll have a reading of their background noises and they notice a spike will go up. Now the person becomes agitated and they act agitated for the rest of the day, maybe maybe six hours, eight hours, then another spike happens and the agitation goes away. Person is like back to normal. Wow. So yeah, I know it's pretty profound data when you think about how it could be working and what could be happening. Um, and so I, I think that also to go along with those balloons will eventually be getting those devices out to, to experiencers um, because it just seems like a really handy piece of equipment, kind of a general use equipment that can be put on balloons can be put underground, can be put in someone's pocket. Um, and the main thing is that it just has the battery supply because it has an onboard computer that's always recording the data. Um, and then you plug it into a computer later and you, you know, extract all the data. And that's where Jim has, you know, set up programs to where he's comparing them all. He can track them all. And um, I feel like th that to go along with Sky360 is going to be something in the future that will be distributed as well. Um, but we have to see where how the proposals go and how people react to the information. So what altitude are you thinking the are, are you planning on these balloons going to? And the second part of the question would be in that I I'm sure Jim has probably figured out in this spectrum if something appears it's anomalous that there's nothing natural uh, that we know of in in terms of atmospherics that's in that spectrum is that That that's exactly the point is that there shouldn't be any anomalous spikes happening right like mm -hmm. and but by by correlating those spikes with events whether the event is some type of light in the sky or some type of conscious experience that's an important thing to do that's right? cool so then you can get those correlations you can, you can actually start to do some some analysis there with those type with that type of information what altitude are we thinking that there are uh, max altitude is roughly one hundred twenty thousand feet and how do you retrieve it at, at that point? Do you how do you retrieve it back to Earth? 
basically you put a couple different GPS trackers on it. We had three different GPS tracking systems on that first balloon uh -huh. and two of them failed. So it's important to have backups. Um, I believe Chris calls it, what is it? Double tapping or uh, <laughs> yeah. that way, you know, if one system fails, you, you still have your backup to get it, you know? Yeah. Chris is back at the range with his M9. All right. Let me pass it to Kevin. <laughs> I'll have one more thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jim had some other things as well. He he talked about a. I I hadn't heard of this. Maybe you heard of it, Nathan. Is a uh, gravity detector. So basically, he said gravity always points, you know, like this. Mm -hmm. But he said every once in a while you get a little tweak, hmm. or something like this. He said, which I'd never heard of an actual change in the in the gravity field. That was really interesting to me. Another thing would be cool. I've I need to track it down. We talked about it on the Twitter space is cosmic clocks. Mm -hmm. yeah, have you heard of those? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I need to track it down. And then uh, quantum RNG, so quantum random number generators. I thought a cosmic clock was a quantum RNG, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I think just cheap ways we can add it into one package, right? Uh, and then add it onto Sky three hundred and sixty. So that. That would kind of be the the home run for me is that we're able to integrate this Smoopass device from Jim because he's open source. That's what's awesome. Like Jim doesn't care about him making a product and making a bunch of money. So he's happy we can use it. So we can just put that design as like the top end part of the Sky360. Mm -hmm. And so people can just add that in as like the passive uh, EMF detector slash gravity detector slash, uh, I don't know, cosmic clock. Uh, but yeah, to add in more stuff, you know, I don't want to complicate Sky 360. You know, I want them focusing just on the AI solution with this, with the optical. Yeah, I, I think I've I've heard of that device when they were in another venture. But I, I also I want to say something. I don't, I don't know if, if the rest of the the cast will amen on this. But if you've not if you're not familiar with David Mason, Dave Mason, who was on our previous show that we did, and he was on that A Tear in the Sky. And I think Alexi also might be intrigued with all the equipment that he's designed. He actually spoke to us. Uh, this is going to sound a little bit outlandish, so forgive me, about sending up uh, light waves. So basically sound waves of whales that have been converted into light waves that he can then communicate. That's just one of the things he's doing. But if you've seen a tear in the sky, all that equipment this guy's designed and he may be, he said, he told us he's a free agent, right, Nathan? Yeah, I think he's uh, definitely open to talking to folks and uh, sharing some ideas there, but he's, he's been doing this stuff for, I think since he was like 13, I mean, for, so for many, many years, he's been a smart guy with some good ideas, but I just love the, I just love the core concept, right? Cause what, what we're trying to propose here is that people can literally be investors into their own little data collection systems yeah. and we can position these nodes really in hotspot areas where we know there's uh, seemingly a lot of activity, but also the kind of longer term goal would be to distribute them just more broadly around Global. the world. Mm -hmm. And then you're collating all that information to look for these little kind of data perturbations and, you know, then you're making some, doing some analysis with that. Mm -hmm. How do you, on the analysis component of it, because I think you're going to be drowning in a lot of information. How do you yeah. go about really making sense of that? Yeah, I would say that's part of the milestone. So I mentioned um, Vernal, right? So Alexei is basically leading that charge with uh, with Reigns or Murphy. 
And then in Sky 360, uh, so basically that's the Germany effort. And so that really focusing on the optical development of Sky 360. So really just getting them the resources they need, the time really, the, the personnel time, they really need the engineers to work mm -hmm. on it. You know, and so if we can get reasonable funding from this first drop, then we can, for the next quarter, we can probably just fund them to, for their engineers to just work, you know, that they're, they're probably not up, you know, I don't think we'll have to pay them some ridiculous amount, you know, just pay them their freelance uh, wages um, and really to get the camera solid. So the, the actual fisheye, so make sure the hardware works, you know, make sure we can get some decent software. Uh, written, you know, and maybe get that AI overlay started, you know, that process built through and then for them to put up a, a good system. So I, they're going to design like a, a weatherproof payload mm -hmm. that we can send up with decent cameras. And then if we can send up two of those now, uh, I think that'd be awesome. If we just release the balloons at the same time or mm -hmm. around the same time, I think one of them will be in enough view of the other. Uh, if we can also get a sky 360 on the ground, now we'll have three kind of cameras. I think it'd be sweet because I, I think Logan mentioned that we are we we already captured a UAP in the first uh, one of the first uh, videos. Um, but the, the data, the video data, is up on our UAP Society YouTube. So the video data from Vernal that we do have, right? So the, one of the Garmin's the the, the lookup worked, and one, that video worked, and then my uh, Garmin looking out worked for 27 minutes. I don't know why it went off. It's just frustrating. Uh, that's up as well as the other uh, video from Germany, the full video, which is awesome, by the way. I mean, that's super cool. If you haven't seen that, it's at night and there is like there is a UAP in there. Uh, so that's the main data. So that's one. The second probably kind of. So we got Vernal, Germany for the Sky 360. And then the third one, the milestone, I think we need to really need to handle, handle right now is the process that, that you kind of talk through. So there's going to be so much data. You know, or how do you analyze all this stuff? You know, how do you take a decentralized organization and get anything useful out of it? Um, so I think that's the process we need mm -hmm. is to figure out what we're going to propose. We kind of talked through that before. We need people talking on there, you know, interested people come up with ideas, putting out proposals that don't suck. Right. <laughs> and then we need <laughs> some sort of voting mechanism. You mentioned mm -hmm. it. You can just right. uh, the technical part is we can verify if you own the NFT, if you own an NFT, if you're a holder. Now you can verify on our Discord and you get access to our secret channel, essentially that Nathan and uh, I know Nathan's been there. And so now when you vote, you're the, you can you can only get there if you have been verified through NFT technology. And now you can vote. So from there, that's how we'll, we'll pick the science. That's how we'll, we'll do the science right up until now will be us, right, as UAP Society until we get that proposal worked out. So in the future, I see that like Nathan, you want to put a Sky 360 in your backyard and you live in an area that's near a UAP hotspot and we need another one there. You put in a proposal, let's say you'll do it for $6,000, right? 5,000 in parts and another thousand for your time. Um, then we would send you the ETH and then you would go and do it. That, that's the, the, the goal, right? The nice. end goal um, to get to there. But that process now is what we need to build now. So now we get the data. How do we get the data, right? We're, now we're putting it up on UAP Society YouTube. So we're just putting it up on YouTube and the Discord. So now we're just like, here's the data. Mm -hmm. um, but then we do need someone to actually research it. So what we're doing is I, we offered a giveaway. So anyone that finds valuable science out of it, we'll, we will give you an NFT. So basically we're paying, we're kind of like poor man's paying people 
uh, right now to go and do some analysis or make it exciting. But at the end of the day, we need a process. And I think it needs to go to a, uh, a database. So a blockchain database to store all this stuff. And then we need some, some research teams looking at it. Nice. Long, long, hopefully. No, that, that was excellent. Thank also, you. Okay. Yeah. Also, I want to say to the, the audience out there that's listening, uh, it, it can be a little bit of a challenge getting on discord. I tried to join Chris on yeah. Friday. I was not able to get up on there, but I'm going to seek out counsel and try to get on there. Otherwise I'll just unfriend Chris. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Um, <laughs> that's it's where you laugh. That's know. where that's where you laugh, yeah. Chris. Come on, work with me. Tip your bartenders they away. Have links in Discord, yeah. I don't know yeah. why people it, are having issues. It was uh, the it was the captcha. I, I couldn't resolve the captcha. It wouldn't send a text to my phone. And because it yeah. didn't send a text to my phone, I couldn't resolve the captcha. But anyway, you're not the only one, Lara. We'll get that figured out. And let's go with we have yeah. Kevin, Deb, and Steph that gotta get in here. So I'm gonna shut my damn mouth. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just wondering, once you have all these, everything set up, I mean, um, at some point you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get, uh, capture some sensitive material, you know? I mean, what's going to happen in, in, if that, in that case, am I going to have Will Smith knocking on my door, you know, with his, you know, <laughs> smile, you know, is that going to happen to me? I don't, well, um, I guess why would they knock on your door, I guess? <laughs> I don't know what to say Say if I, you know, well, yeah, are they going to knock on your door? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I think we'll only have issues if we put our camera systems in sensitive locations. Okay. You know, if we put it in your backyard and it's, you're not pointing your camera right into a, you know, area 50, 51 or whatever. Uh, if it's, I don't see how they can stop us from, from looking up. Cool. Can yeah. you uh, publish that data though, if if it is yeah, possible? Yeah. Well, the way is just to publish it automatically. Nice. Okay. Can, can, like a live feed. Can I reframe <laughs> what Kevin? Yeah, what can I, I can I reframe what Kevin said? I think yeah. what he's talking about. Let's say that that Kevin's able to capture something on a system that he got from you, and he captures it, and he puts it on YouTube, and then somebody sees that from a three-letter agency and knocks on his door. That there there is. It is plausible, at least. I mean, I'm I'm not a yeah. conspiracy theorist, but it's plausible. Yeah. Well, I. It wouldn't be. Yeah, but that's not how it should work. You know, ideally, the whole point of Sky Three Hundred and Sixty is that, uh, it, the data will automatically go, and will automatically be, uh, published, okay. <laughs> open source, and I'm sure nice. this scares the hell out of a lot of, a lot uh, of organizations out there. And my my rebuttal is why. You know, right. And, no, and the reason is transparency, right? Yeah, That's it's why. not it's not illegal. They can't take it from you. It's not the 1950s. Uh, so I. So what's the what's the reason? Yeah. And, and that's the other reason I'm doing this decentralized NFT stuff, because your answer back highlights highlights the weaknesses in your argument. You're the, the way they do it. The. There's no reasonable answer because the the decentralization and open source is for transparency. So <laughs> that's what they're fighting against. Yeah. They're fighting against transparency. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 coach it as yeah. I'll chime in. Chris, your audience does rely on you for, you know, credible evidence and this right here is just a perfect 
example for the listeners to hear that, hey, you're, you're putting these programs in place for people to set this equipment up in their backyard. If this is an area that you guys need this like localized area to gain more information. So, I mean, that's extremely promising because you have a pretty great platform and people rely on you upon that, you know, information. So I applaud you guys for that. Um, you know, this is very promising information here. So thank you for doing that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Seth. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Logan has a question in there. I yeah, think it's way too I just too wanted early. to say that. That's that's awesome. Uh, Logan has a good question in there. I think it may be too early for to ask this, but how much does the system cost? The actual Sky360. So they're designing it. The low end one is is one thousand. Yeah. Wow. So they yeah so yeah three so one thousand dollars three thousand and then the top end is five thousand just for the hardware though you got to put it together you know time and effort. Yeah. As yeah. Well so as maintaining yeah. it. Basically, if you're taking your BMW in for service, you're going to rotate tires and all change. You're probably at a grand right there. So uh, not that I have the, a BMW. Well, the other thing is it, it's difficult for one person to to afford that. That's a big ask, right? I mean, let's say, so you got to, not only do you have to spend months or whatever, however long, hopefully it doesn't take months, but you have to spend all the time putting these things together, right? Ordering the parts, getting them all in. Some of them, maybe, you know, the supply issues, you got to find other other parts, putting them together, right? You also have to pay $5,000 or whatever, you know? Um, I think just making it so that they don't also have to pay is a huge difference, mm -hmm. you know? Or mm -hmm. or the people that want to pay, but they don't want to put it in all the time. You know, like say that you just have tons of money or you want to invest, right? You really want to invest in this or you want to support but you don't have the time, energy to go and put all this stuff together to volunteer all your Sundays, right? Which all these Sky360 people are doing, so they can just give the money, you know. So that's why it seems like such a such a simple concept. I, yes, why did I do it? It's not it's not because I necessarily want to, you know. It's more I've seen I've seen I see a clear path, like I see a clear opportunity. Uh, and, you know, it's not guaranteed to succeed by any means, you know, but I see a path that could change, can make a serious, serious dent uh, in a lot of things. And, and so that's why I feel like I feel like I'm required to take it. Like I, I owe it to somebody. I don't know who, but <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> Well, you owe it to yourself. I would yeah. I would just imagine if an investor came along and decided, hey, I'm going to grant you $5,000 to perform this research, that's a write-off right there. That's a donation. So if there are any philanthropists that are watching this, which I'm sure there will be a couple along the way, that is a write-off. So, I mean, you're investing towards our future and finding out the truth. So awesome. let's, let's go. Let's do Great. this. We, yeah, we set up for people that just don't want to do crypto. We set up a GoFundMe on our website, oh. yeah. um, and if they if we can send them NFTs in return, you know we we don't want to be construed as like a, an exchange, right? right? So we don't want to be giving people crypto. Mm -hmm. um, but if if they really can't understand it and they give money, we will give NFTs in return. You know, as long as it doesn't put us in any sort of issue with the SEC or something. That's a great exchange. But they can always go fund me and it, we'll do our best to try and get them NFTs as a receipt. <laughs> if they yeah, really don't want to, exactly. 
don't want to figure it out. I'm like, yeah, I, I try to, I'm, some people won't even accept them for free. You know, I'll be like, look, I will give it to you for free. And, <laughs> that and sounds they, accurate. Like, they, they won't even touch it. It's it's like, if I'm like going around just like before cash existed. It was like, here, man, take this. Like, I promise you will like this, you know, here's a hundred dollars. Here's a hundred dollar bill. I promise you'll enjoy this in like 10 years or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to send you that. And people are like, no way, man, I'm not touching that stuff. Yeah, I was going to send you and Alexi cash in an envelope, so I, I don't know. Debs, what do you got for uh, either Alexi, Chris, or both? All the Well, above? this is sort of a both question. I, I, too, am one of those people that would be hesitant and nervous about doing something like this. So my question is, what do you tell people who are concerned about security related to their money going into this? Uh, security. I, so I guess I would say it's more secure if you take a few simple precautions, right? So if, if you understand the very, very basics, it's actually more secure than your current, your credit cards uh, who have probably, I mean, how many people just here have had their credit cards hacked, their um, identities stolen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just on the screen, right? So to think that our current system is secure is just naive, right? I mean, look, how many, two out of, three out of the six of us have had our credit cards hacked? So it's actually much more secure than the current system, but if they get your recovery phrase, right? If they get your 12 word secret recovery phrase, you're screwed, right? But that's the strength of it. Because if you lose everything and you have your 12 word recovery phrase from anywhere on the planet, that you can you can access your funds, right? So it's, um, but if you lose that thing, you're totally screwed, right? There's no access. If somebody gets the, those 12 word, that secret recovery phrase, you're also totally screwed, right? They can they can empty your account immediately. Um, so once you just understand that basic thing, right? And 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 really, when can that happen? Is when you interact, when you take your wallet, your digital wallet, which is like your bank account, and when you connect it to a website, right? When you let it interact with another website, that's when you can be vulnerable. So they trick you into interacting with the wrong website. You know, or there's, there's small tricks like that. Um, but the actual inherent um, security is, is much better. So there, there's just some basic, honestly, it doesn't take, it's not even that long. It's just new. It's just new. That, that's yeah. all. So there's just, you like I use a, a, a ledger. Here's a, here's a. That sounds as though something fell. And a oh, green screen. Oh, okay. My face is all red. Okay, that's okay. Damn it. it happens, Live man. TV, everybody. This it is happens. my uh, garage. F-16 <laughs> pilots, they're just like us. They, they We're are, human. Yeah. My face is red now. Like, <laughs> what is so that? This is, a, this is a hardware wallet, cold mm -hmm. storage, right? Cool. So I plug this in. Whenever this is plugged in, I'm like sweating, man. I'm so nervous. It's okay, dude. We're every, Whenever this we're is good. plugged in, I can't, uh, knowing... When this is not plugged in, no one can interact with my funds, right? You see this USB? This thing's got to be plugged in for anyone to touch my touch my MetaMask. So I just don't plug it in, right? And when I want to actually, when I want to connect, right? When I want to interact with another website, then that's when I basically plug this thing in and now my money is being used. So it doesn't matter if people even have my account. They could have all of my account information, except for my recovery phrase, right? Well, even that's on here. 
they can have all the information, but they don't have this USB. They can't touch it. So, but but that's new, right? You don't know. This seems like crazy to you, right? Like a, uh, it's a I, it's a USB. My money's on a USB. It, it's a lock. It's just like a USB lock. Um, but that's it. Now I just plug it in. I type in a little, you know, I put in my pin on into my ledger, and that's it. I can safely safely access anything. And then I pull it out. Now it's like on this. Nobody can touch it. If I lose this, I'm screwed, though. <laughs> like, actually, take that back. There's another recovery phrase for this. Um, so yeah, it's just different. It's just different stuff. You just have it, to learn it. Uh, yeah. It's 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 yeah. It is new for for folks like us. Uh, I think after Debs, did you have anything further that you wanted to ask Chris or Alexeo? I had the same question about the money, like how much this was going to cost, like the ideal sum. And it sounds like it's going to be roughly 6000 for the ideal sum. And that was kind of answered. So, Yeah, but the sum to invest, the lowest is, is uh, right now it's $150 per NFT. Okay. That's, That's the doable. cheapest we can make it. Yeah, because the transaction costs on Ethereum are, they're going to be high. So it doesn't make... We might as well print ten thousand that costs 0.1 Ethereum, rather than eighteen million that cost you know a few pennies. That's what they do with these other tokens, um, but they're not as cool as NFTs, I think. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'll get one. That's just, that sounds good. Um, we can go back to the money man or the NFT man. We haven't decided yep. yet. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I'm glad you brought the ledger up. I actually have one as well, um, and and. Yeah, feel free to put your backdrop up. That's totally fine. Yeah, go ahead, um, man. great looking garage, by the way. Also, um, so yeah, I have that as well. And I got to tell you, it did take me some time just to kind of get used to the crypto kind of environment. But it, but if you're a person that that likes to learn, that, that you're going to put in the time to kind of learn something and ask questions, you know, I think it's a fun little thing to get involved in. Again, back to the financial advice, though don't play with money you don't want to lose right so you can you can get into crypto with very little of, of your own investment very little of your own funds but if you put in a bunch of money and all of a sudden you turn around you realize you know you lost it or it didn't didn't it, you know it didn't accrue a lot of interest or something it's it's you know that that's the same advice that I would give to anybody who's investing in a fortune 100 or fortune 500 company if that company tanks you're not going to get your money back sorry that, that's how investing works so it's not really any different. I think it's just it's a new frontier in terms of uh, when it comes to assets, when it comes to, you know, really look. I think a lot of people, like you said, Chris, earlier, like a lot of people look at this art and say, well, I could just make a screenshot of that or whatever. But but they don't quite understand the technology. Yes, you can make a screenshot of it. But the proof of ownership of the art itself is tied to the blockchain. So you you have a verifiable way of saying that it is, in fact, your art. And with the society, the way that the art functions is almost kind of like a membership, right? It's it's a it's it's like they think of it as a as a voting club, or you know, it's it's your pass key to be part of that organization, and to I guess if you're part of the 42 to make decisions on the proposals. But you don't even need that, right? So anybody can be a part of the Discord and make suggestions. Anybody can ultimately do the research, right? Like when you make the research available. You could you could post some guidelines on certain things that you guys want the public, you know, who's not maybe even purchasing an NFT 
they could go to the website, they could comb through the data and they could be given some guidelines on what to look for and then kind of point that out to you. Is that something that you envision? Like how accessible will the data be to people that may not even want to buy an NFT? Yeah, that's the main difference, I think, between us and I would argue uh, most other organizations is that we want to just post it. You know, I don't care who comes up with the answers. <laughs> we don't care. Uh, and that's the thing. If you're really focused on getting the results, then it shouldn't matter, right? So if, if you're not going to share your information, then why aren't you sharing your information? That's, you know, so it's, I think that we should share it fully. Right. If anyone is... wants to come in and help, I would ask that they tell us that they found some amazing thing, <laughs> you know, so we're not all looking over here. I, I hope that they... <laughs> They return the favor, you know, I'm, I would be naive to think that that's going to happen every time. Yeah. But I think the right thing to do is get the information out there and get the most people looking at it. And nice. we, and we're not just, we, we want, we need those people to come. Mm -hmm. We need those people there. You're, the you're, pu yeah, you know. you're pure of heart with this. I mean, that's obvious. And that's what, that's why we're here. Uh, because if we didn't think that you wouldn't be on the show right now, but we know that you are trying to bring something you and there's others, obviously UAPX and there's other people that are trying to use. You, you mentioned Avi Loeb uh, uh, last time you were on. Um, but, but, you know, we definitely believe in, in what you're doing and we do need to uh, have research that's not encumbered or controlled by any government uh, because a lot of governments right now, we have like two governments on the planet that are really tough, maybe three, the Chileans, the Brazilians, and us, and nobody else is talking about it. Um, so it, it's very important what you're doing. Let's get a last round uh, for everybody. Um, so, Kevin, uh, what? and I'll at the end, I want to try to connect with Alexei because I, I'm not connected with him on Twitter, but I'd like to try to connect he and David Mason to talk tech and see if the sensors that David Mason has built might be of service uh, to you and you to him. Um, so I'll try to make that connection, but cool. uh, go ahead. Uh, it's the skate case, right? At the skate case? Okay, yeah, I will. Yeah, that's on uh, Twitter. At the skate case. I love it. Are you a skateboarder? Nice. Uh, but, you know, I skated from class to class. For a couple of years, <laughs> That's nice. awesome, I do. We I wrote, do want to recommend that he uses uh, some sunscreen. I don't know if he's just naturally dark complexion. Um, so, well, I, have, I have a quick question on the on the uh, on, on the ahead, science. Yeah. If I could ask that to let Lexi and um, also Chris get your thoughts too. But what are some of the intriguing lines of science? And Lexi, I know you've got a lot of theories on you know, kind of what this all is. And but in terms of we talked about Sky three sixty if we're using those units, what are some things that kind of pique your interest in the collection efforts that those modules will do? As far as Sky360, uh, it'll allow us to triangulate, right? And also, in a way, not have to be so observant, right? Because the artificial intelligent program will be doing the observing for us. So by having these devices aimed at the sky all night, um, they'll, they'll be, able to be able to identify, was that an airplane? Was that a bird? And then when it sees something anomalous, it focuses in, zooms in, you get a second line of sight, and now you can triangulate. Um, so not only do we have, you know, a nice visual, visible spectrum image, but you also have triangulation. So you get distance, you get size, uh, 
as far as Sky 360, I think that being the would be one of the most beneficial things coming out of it. Um, and then if we like Chris is saying, make a souped up version where we throw on the Mufus device. Um, now we could see background spikes or changes in the gravity field as well as you know the electromagnetic fields. Uh, nice, yeah. that's great, excellent. Yeah, it's a discriminator. It it knows what prosaic things look like, and it just it just I don't know I don't know if I have the proper word. It throws those to the side. It doesn't mm -hmm. ping on those, but it does ping on something that it doesn't understand what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So basically the artificial, that's the idea too, is the programming of the artificial intelligence. Once that's out there, that same type of programming can be translated potentially into other systems. Um, but right now it's primarily being developed specifically for the Sky360 fish islands, as far as I understand. Hmm. So, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is really cool stuff. And when you talk about EMI, it's almost a given that when one of these craft or orbs appears, there is going to be electro magnetic um disturbance or a, a change in a in it in an ami field a signature that that you can see that when i i would i would think almost any i hate to say all every always but nearly any any uap you would think that there would be some sort of a spike in electromagnetic interference when they show up Definitely. I mean, if you're creating a distortion within space-time itself, then you're distorting the actual, what I call light state of the universe, right? The incoming and outgoing light of our now moment. And so basically you, you would see distortions uh, whenever there's some type of inertial craft being used. Uh, awesome. What is your degree in, if you don't mind uh, telling the audience? I have my background in astrophysics, physics, planetary science, and astronomy. Uh, that's from the University of Colorado. And then uh, to basically design equipment, I went ahead and got a master's in mechanical engineering. So that way, it, the focus was on building devices in order to take people back to the moon at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> so, we said, he wants to go on a space balloon himself. You really yeah, could nice. be more productive with your time. With IC, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> you really could be more productive with your time with all these. Super, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> super, that's super impressive. I want to see Alexi up at Crestone, have all his stuff set up there, man. I guarantee something's going to show up. Guarantee. So, well, that's where I think a consciousness aspect has a lot to do with it too, right? I mean, when you tie in the CE5 in a way method, so when you have the intent of going out and looking for something you're more likely to find it. So I think uh, by just having intent alone and these people setting up the Sky 360 systems, it'll it'll lure in more activity in a way. Yeah, uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there, it seems like there's definitely a congruity there, a uh, congruence there. Let's get uh, Deb in for her, her final, or actually, Kevin, what you got for your final, brother? Oh, I don't have anything. I'm just <laughs> here to learn and listen like it, you know. I'm doing well the same path. thing. <laughs> I don't you know, know anything. I, can I answer Nathan's question? I wanted Please. to yeah, I had sure. a few exciting lines. Um, I know Edgar Mitchell, he was the astronaut. He, mm -hmm. After he came back from the moon, he started the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Right. And I guess his big thing was to try and find a link, uh, a psycho, a psychokinetic link. Mm -hmm. you know, some other way to communicate, like remote viewing, um, or just some way to communicate outside of our normal EMF, you know, electromagnetic frequency stuff that we're all used to. And I know he was wanting to prove that. That seems really exciting to me. You know, and I think we can do that in a not very expensive way mm -hmm. um, through games. You know, if we could develop a, a iPhone app that could get actual, maybe not 
maybe a scientific level data, but if it could get large data, you know, um, uh, numbers, could we do that? And it, maybe it wouldn't take so much money, you know, it'd be mm -hmm. more organizational effort. Um, so I think that'd be really exciting to come up with, try and find some sort of experiments that research that find that link between, um, between, uh, people. So that would be exciting. Another one that I've heard of is, uh, I, what is it? IEC, ITC. It, uh, anyway, what you do is you basically, are, you set out a recording device and then you ask questions <laughs> and now mm -hmm. back in the recording, you can hear answers. This seems just crazy to me. Um, again, that's another way that, of communication uh, that seems, could it be true? You know, um, it's certainly something we can test for, right? So you can make scientific experiments that test. Is that real? You know, yeah. can you can you talk to people behind that aren't there? I mean, that, mm -hmm. that would be mind blowing to me. Mm, totally. If that could be proven. Yeah, I think they call it maybe EVP, the electronic. Yeah, I've heard many different ways. Uh, but basically, you're asking questions and you're recording through some electronic device or recording device. And you, when you listen to that recording again, you hear answers. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I've had people talk about in certain areas as well. Like I've heard it's localized, not localized. Anyway, I think that's that would be crazy to analyze that. And it doesn't seem like it would cost so much money. Uh, I think that's one avenue. And then I've always wanted to still want to make an interdimensional telescope or whatever. I want to figure out what Alex, what is inside Alexei's brain that <laughs> is too. an interdimensional telescope. I think it's a pyramid shape. Mm -hmm. I think it's some sort of pyramid that we'd have to put in some sort of localized area, you know, that is famous for this type of stuff. And then put Alexei inside and see if he can like... <laughs> I don't know, see the future or something. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I think it would be awesome. Um, the Rebelsham Forest incident, right? And basically, mm. the guy gets a binary download. He ends yeah. up writing out the binary code in the middle of the night. And it says, progress for humanity is at these magnetic hotspots all over the Earth. Um, and he literally gives out the, the longitude and latitude, if that is what the binary translation really is. And from my understanding, there's different flows of space. Um, there's different densities that we're tuned to, essentially. And each one of our conscious harmonics is tuned to a certain orbit within space-time itself. Mm. And so when you have these vortices coming in at these different locations, and it's literally binary code saying advancement of, my, of mankind is at these positions, it seems obvious. You put an interdimensional telescope at those positions, and you'll be able to see into the next layers of experience. Um, meaning like the portals that already exist within space-time itself. And you could use a collimator to collimate the energy to naturally harmonize with our wake, waking state. Yeah. Worth a is try. That, is that it? I mean, geez, it's, it's no big so, deal, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> Honestly, that's so incredible because I hear a lot of events from experiencers where they hear almost an auditory illusion. So they do sound, they hear sounds such as, say, the binary code, I've heard of that, buzzing, keynotes of C, keynotes of A. So is that some sort of communication? Is that something that we can actually go through and, you know, um, identify some, some form of speaking? And, you know, like they were saying, you and David Mason would really, you guys speak the same language, scientific, technology-wise. And what he's already established is, utilizing these sounds from whales. And he also did mention that he's utilizing them in their natural state. You know, he's not, they're not gathering their, the sounds from when they're, you know, 
unfortunately in this captivity type state. So they're using right. something that is positive and putting that out there and then getting back some sort of light signal. And there, there's got to be some sort of communication. That's got to be some form of a language. And I just think that you two definitely need to link up and connect because I think that you, you know, these types of things that we're thinking about, we're exercising our minds on the what if, these are the conversations that need to be had in order to establish information because we're curious, because we want to know what the heck is out there. And I mean, it sounds wild and and it, 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 it is. It's it's a wild yeah. thing that we're trying to accomplish here, right? And, yeah. and, and that's just one tangent of what he's doing. He has his yeah. six FLIR cameras. He has these other sensors that he, he talked about all of them. I can't recall what all of them are. But that community, he believes they're communicating with us through light. Yeah. And so he's communating back with light. That's that is, are those converted sound waves. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. And I think yeah. it'd be great to get his system on board some balloons or on board some Sky yeah. 360. You know, at least talk and collaborate and see like where we align and what we can do. Yeah, we will. We will work to make that happen. Um, I don't have his. He's not on Twitter. I'm gonna before when we close the show, I'll type out your what your twiddle handle is so that I can connect with you, but let's let, let's let the Kraken get in there again. What's up, Deb says your, your final parting shots for these guys. I think I liked Herm Hermione better. Okay. okay Hermione <laughs> Granger. I wanted to read a comment from Elena Campbell, and then I'm going to do a question from baby goat. So the comment was guys, did you hear obviously slip into a symposium speech that he is using crypto to raise capital for Galileo? Yay! Okay. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Right. And then um, Baby Goat has the question of why go with MetaMask for the crypto? Uh, MetaMask, I've used it. I've just used it for three years now. And I know it's, I feel it's, it's safe. Plus it's a uh, common for NFTs. So it's really just a, uh, I think it's a common, maybe the most used wallet for NFTs, but I'm not sure. When we did the minting, uh, so to mint, which you can right now, it's 0.1 ETH. I think that's $150. So I'd ask everyone to go if you're interested in investing in crypto or in this project, you can do the GoFundMe at UAPsociety.com or you can mint right now. That means you will pull a random NFT that we've created. It'll just randomly select it and give it to you. There's seven super rares still left and around 265 rares uh, the rest are commons all different types yeah amazing um so i would say basically to to go there and if you're if you want to support then you can do that but like we've been saying the whole time we just need people to be interested willing to put in their time and interest and brains and you know basically come to the discord and, and help out so I got plenty of brain. I mean, there's so much organic. I don't need the artificial <laughs> intelligence, Chris. It's all right here, man. All right. So Tommy Boyle, once you see this one right here, uh, he, he wants to be your UK tester. Uh, so so uh, I just want to make him aware of you. He can probably contact you. Awesome. And, all right. Yeah. It's uh, so Sky360 have their own Discord that we coordinate with. If you see Ali. So Ali's in the, hello, Ali. She's in the comments. Um, she's also a moderator for them on their Sky360. So if they need engineers, we actually do, they need engineers. 
uh, hardware and software engineers. But right now, I think it's actually more software engineering. So definitely, man, we need it. They Sky three sixty needs it. Yeah, it's all hands on deck kind of kind of mentality. Dig it, uh, Nathan. Parting shots. Again, I'm just really excited uh, for what you guys are doing, mainly because you're doing something right. And I just want to, you know, to the folks that have really come after you guys about, you know, what you're doing, what are they doing other than complaining? <laughs> exactly. You know? So, uh, yeah. you know, I really I applaud the fact that you've, you've put this out there, that it is easy to see what you're doing. You know, you can be it's so simple to be part of the discord and participate in the community. Uh, I think the way that you're starting with the kind of the Sky 360, Sky 360 emphasis and the balloons, it's accessible technology. It's a good place to start. And I'm just glad somebody's doing it, right? I mean, who knows how long it's going to be before we get stuff out of Galileo or stuff from NASA or, you know, just anybody that's trying to get this more information for us to take a look at it, the the better, you know? So again, kudos to what you're doing. I know that it takes a lot of guts to do this because it is new and it's you're having to answer the same questions over and over again. I'm sure it's exhausting. Uh, I know you put a ton of work into it. So again, just, just thanks for all that. No, thanks for, for coming as well. And like, you've already given great inputs, you know, cause we don't know how to organize necessarily the best research, you know, but we, but we, we want to, we want to, right. <laughs> so come and help, man. Like you, your, your inputs have already been great. Just, you know, asking the right questions to be like, Oh yeah, we do need to be thinking about that. So, yeah, it is community. And it, yeah, it's been awesome having you as well on there. Yeah, That'd you're part of it. You really have done something. Like he said, I used to say to people on Twitter when they would complain, oh, Elizondo's not telling us enough. And Sean and Mellon, I'd be like, what are you doing? Show me one thing you've produced for the community and, and you get crickets. You know, those guys have produced something. You are producing something. You are making something happen. More so than I, <laughs> you know, I'm just talking head here, but you, you are actually producing something and that is extremely admirable. You know, you have Steph down there working with experiencers. Deb has been there for more people than anybody knows about that have called to talk with Deb about experiences and how to deal with it. Nathan yeah. as well. And that's not me, right? That's not my specialty, right? I get people right. contact me, but. It's not my thing. You, you have know? to but know we what need you're good those at. People, but I know that we need those people. So yeah. we need those people as well. Like, so you come yes. because that's not my thing. I'm not, I don't know how to help, you know, like. Uh, no, you are though, but you're doing it in your way. Obviously, we're all not universal people able to do everything. We have to find what we're good at and people it's call It's so hard too. The topic's so difficult. I mean, What's it, that? the topic is so difficult. So. Yes. Yes. But, it's very abstract. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm, uh, do you please plug, uh, if you and Alexei would plug everything, if you just hang off camera for a second after we close, but please plug everything you got going on, please. Yep. For us, it's UAPsociety.com. That'll give you the link to the Discord. That'll give you the link to the minting site. So that's it. we try and keep it there. That's our Web 2 portal, though. That's the old school. Uh, the Discord is new, and, and I get it. It's... We're still early, you know, and and that's also why I feel required to act is so that we can put into the base coding, if you will, the base layer that it doesn't have to, it can be for the good of people, not just for the good of the organizations or the companies or the governments, right? Because that they're coming in. I mean, I see them coming in at the conferences, the, the suits are coming in, you know, and, 
and they're not really happy to be there. They're not, the, the passion's not there. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm here. We're just implementing this new program to take over the world. And we'll just make sure it, it goes back to the shareholders. But they're there. But they're, and then but, you meet the crypto people and they're like, dude, we're, we're changing it, man. The revolution. Like, but they're the there. And that, yeah. which means you're making an impact. Because if, if yeah. you were insignificant, they wouldn't be there. But the fact that they showed up, I, I, I spoke to these guys, that adds to the metrics. And, and those folks that are on the Hill, they read all that. They know that. They know yeah. that that happened. And, and, and go to a conference. I mean, if you I get will. a chance, you don't think it's real. Go to a go to an NFT conference, man. It feels like you're at some new future age. I don't, it feels like you're in San Francisco, you know, right? Silicon Valley spinning up. I mean, it's there's so much going. It's just happening so fast on so, on so many different levels that you, you don't know what's going on. Nobody can know everything that's going on so it's very and exciting I, and I'm i glad. certainly I'm don't really know happy what's to going have on. you guys on board man it's so awesome it, it really helps it really really helps like a million percent so yeah please get involved we want everybody to help and if you can support if you if it's exciting to you it's fun man i i don't know i'm an i'm an investor in nfts i, I like having them I, uh, they're fun it's better than money i think it's more fun at least so anyway that's it at UAP Society, baby, Chris Lado probably and Alexei, have his, sorry, and Alexei. Well, Alexei, you know, is probably gonna have his own line of sunscreen. Chris, maybe some hair mousse, uh, you know, something like that. I could see happening. And then Nathan, we're gonna have to determine if we're changing his nickname from Money Nathan to NFT Nathan. You know, it's, it's tough, 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 tough call. <laughs> so, big, big time. Uh, give us a like and a subscribe. That's all that we want from you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for being here, for uh, Nathan, for Kevin, for Debs, for Stephanie, for uh, Alexei, and for my man, Chris Lato. This is DJ saying peace out, one love, and we'll see you down the road. We're always wondering what's up around the bend. Hi.